Part 1. How We Got This Way Chapter 1. How to Get Rich Quick It's Just Around the Corner There are few legal ways to get rich quick. Your chance of finding one is approximately 1 in 2 million, or about twice the odds of getting hurt in a commercial plane crash. Now the bright side. Getting rich slowly is fun, too, yielding thousands of little adventures along the way. Hot pursuit of the almighty buck is the American way, yet when the pursuit is over, it's hard to remember exactly how you made the big money or where it went, but you'll always remember your great selling presentations. There are only three ways to make exceptional money. To work in a place nobody wants to be. To perform work nobody else wants to do. To perform work nobody else can do. It's the last two conditions for making extraordinary money that we will explore here. Learning to sell softly isn't only about money. It's about enjoying life's working trip. This little manual is about reality. It's a survival guide for the strange, hilly country of persuasion. It shows you how to work less, enjoy more, and have a great journey. Its goal? To destroy selling illusions and replace them with selling tools that work. Unless carefully trained, ordinary salespeople use their egos to sell. Their egos appear at the wrong time, at the wrong place, and for the wrong reason. That's why ordinary salespeople don't make much money, and buyers shut them down without mercy. Soft selling in a hard world is about redesigning how we sell. This redesign has proven to be exceedingly effective for salespeople of every experience level, from high school kids selling magazine subscriptions to chairman of the board selling mergers and acquisitions. This book is about mechanics. It is designed from the street up. Tactics, not strategy. You won't find magic here. There is none. Nor will you need a Kierkegaardian leap of faith. There is no underlying motivation or belief system. It isn't about something larger than yourself. You don't have to believe in it to make it pay. You don't even have to believe in yourself. You just have to use the mechanics. You will find soft selling in a hard world exciting because nothing motivates like unbridled success. The success of persuading people to do what you would like them to do. Chapter 2 How Selling Got Tacky It's a Dirty Game Selling is the highest-paid profession in the world. Our leaders in business, politics, research, and the arts are all great salespeople, or they have great salespeople on their payrolls. In our culture, skillful persuasion is an integral part of any successful endeavor. At some critical point in their careers, these leaders needed to sell their ideas. Doing so turned the corner for them and carried them above their competitors. Even if you have a world-class idea and want to give it away for the good of humanity, you will have to sell the concept. If you can't sell it, you'll be stuck with your idea, poorer for your brilliance and generosity. It seems unfair, but even freebies must be delivered with a certain salesmanship or the receiver does not perceive the true value of the gift. Everything has to be sold, yet so few people sell well that 15% of them make 85% of the available money. At your next sales meeting with 20 people, three will take home the money of 17 others. What is it that allows these three people to have all that money flow their way? Is it luck 
hard work and a good attitude, or is it persuasive skill, understanding the transactional dynamics of the selling process? After teaching sales for 20 years, I have found that people who succeed consistently are skillful in verbal communication and understand the game dynamics of the transaction. As a child, you were taught a popular illusion by anxious parents and tenured professors. If you learn a profession well and work hard, your future is secure, and you will inevitably rise to the top, drive a fast car, and find beautiful people of the opposite sex pursuing you relentlessly. Like so many romantic promises, this is only an illusion. What parents and professors don't tell you is that the closer you get to the top, the better you must know how to sell because everyone at the top sells better. If you're going to the top of your profession, you must sell well too. I have a friend who is the president and chairman of the board of a large banking institution in the Northeast. Historically, bankers are the third worst salespeople in the world. MBAs are first and engineers are second. One evening over beers, I asked him how he perceived his job. I am a salesman, he said. I have to sell policy changes and new ideas. I sell the board of the directors, the stockholders, the branch managers, the tellers, the cleaning crew, and the customers all at the same time. Incidentally, this salesman's salary is well over a million a year. Does he know something about banking? Yes, he says with a big grin, but there are many people who know more about banking. So you need two professions, the one you have studied all this time and your other profession, the profession of persuasion that allows you to make good use of all those years of education, practice, and dues paying. Obviously, it is important to learn and refine the skills of your chosen profession. Unfortunately, many of these skills will go wasted if you cannot get others to see and use the benefits of your knowledge. Certain perverse people believe selling should be fun. I am one of them. Inside most firms and institutions, selling is looked upon as a dirty but necessary business, tainting all those designated by bad luck or low station to pursue it, a demeaning job to be handed off to someone else as soon as you are kicked upstairs, horror stories of the unwilling and unprepared salesperson who is trapped in a presentation and must perform or lose the farm, is grist for the humor writer's mill. Since sales is a game like any other sport, these poor folks lose at a game they do not realize is being played. Life is not designed to be a miserable existence. It is designed to be enjoyed. The enjoyment includes work and especially persuasion. Selling is fun when you learn the game. Persuading other people to do what you want is a terrific sport. You don't believe it? The folks who sell well are having a wonderful time. Whether they were good at sales first or had fun first is unclear, but the message is clear. Selling well means laughing a lot. The seriousness with which management, sales managers, and motivational speakers address this most joyful of trades is depressing. The promise of a good time after becoming successful is not nearly as much fun as having a good time while getting there. Like life, it isn't the destination, it's the journey that counts. In our culture, salespeople have a dubious image, lazy, disorganized, uncontrollable, unaccountable, unable to hold a regular job. If you can't do anything else, you can always be a salesperson. Just the opposite is true. The best salespeople are so good, 
and often so far up the ladder, they don't appear to sell. The selling profession has at least a five-year apprenticeship under good management. The best salespeople are trustworthy to a fault, conscientious, and hardworking. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. Ordinary people sell poorly because they don't understand that sales is a technical transaction. Good talkers often choose to become sales professionals. Unfortunately, they confuse talk with persuasion. They don't understand that selling well means listening well. Selling is problem-solving, not hustling. Aggressiveness propels you into the mean streets, but ruins sales. Most salespeople won't stop talking long enough to let the buyer make a decision. They fear the silence required for the buyer to think. They guess at the buyer's needs and guess and guess and guess. And they are nearly always wrong. They work as if the buyer cared about establishing a long-term relationship with the seller. To compound the error, they attempt to direct the buyer into a decision using cheap, semantic tricks taught to them by pots and pan salesmen. Because sellers are so often rebuffed or ignored by buyers, the salesperson feels that selling is warfare. The buyer is the enemy and words are ammunition. The buyer knows the selling tricks and feels he is simply a mark for the seller's commission check. The buyer's defenses go on full alert. The seller's advances are turned aside because they are so predictable amateurish, and easily deflected. Since the buyer has so much more resistance than the seller has stamina, the seller runs out of courage, becomes listless, and loses more often, and then the downward spiral begins. It's burnout time. A job changes in the wind. Again. Salespeople are cannon fodder for the capitalistic warfare between buyer and seller. The single reason for a salesperson's existence is to get the buyer's commitment. Just how poor are salespeople at their jobs? In a study of professional salespeople, those who sell full-time, 50% fail to ask for the buyer's commitment to buy. This low level of performance is a waste of their company's money and a waste of everyone's time. Our culture has repressed our listening skills. The media background noise, movies, TV, radio, and print advertising all cater to that passive part of our mind that slows down for entertainment. In the ceaseless search for entertainment, we have lost the skills to listen critically to our conversational partner. We no longer actively listen to stories as we did before electronics. We passively watch them artificially reproduced as abstractly polished images moving in the two dimensions of the projection screen rather than the three dimensions of our minds. Whole lives are portrayed in two fast-paced glitzy hours. We don't listen to what people say even when our livelihood depends on it. We have become a nation of 260 million talking heads. Studies show that the higher in business people get, the more information they obtain by listening. In tests at the boardroom level, executives retained 90% of the information delivered in a 45-minute presentation. Assembly line workers retained 25%. Which came first, listening skills or promotion? Who knows? For the average person, improving listening skills is a reasonable ambition. 
You may never make the boardroom, but it may get you off the assembly line. Since birth, we have been told the cultural fairy tale about the born salesman. Many people who say, I can't sell a thing, compare themselves with these few shining lights. There are exactly as many born salespeople as there are born neurosurgeons, about 2% of the total. The rest of us must learn the selling profession. Formal schooling doesn't offer degrees in sales. There are degrees in marketing, but none in persuasion. Usually, persuasion is learned on the street or from veterans who took their hits on the sidewalk. Be at ease, my selling friend. Good salespeople got good by getting killed, learning why they died, and then vowing never to die exactly the same way ever again.